Hey everyone, for Tuesday, March 23rd, welcome to episode 58 of the Ginger and the Beard podcast. I'm AJ, aka the Ginger. And I'm Reese, aka the Beard. Today we're talking about UFC 260, pre-installed iPhone apps in Russia, new Cherry MX laptop switches, and more. Don't forget to use the chapters below and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Alright man, let's get right into it. Yes, sir. So got some uh, weird, weird kind of news to talk about. Apple related. Apple's always out there, man. Apple's always constantly in the news. People can't stop talking about it. But this one's interesting. I feel like I've been on like this sort of, uh, I don't know, dystopian kick lately. I don't know why. This is like what the internet feeds me. The internet continues to feed me these things, and I can. They're listening. Them. They're listening, and they're like, "Give yeah. him more. Feed him." And I, I just like get more and more concerned as the days go on, but. <laughs> So let's just get down. What are we talking about? Let's get let's get to it. So Apple, as you know, well, maybe you're not. I don't know if you've ever owned an iPhone, Reese, but when you... Long time ago. Yeah. So when you set up your iPhone, you go through the, the step-by-step process. It gives you all the hola and it gives you the hello and all the different languages and basically walks you through what is already a simple process to set your phone up. Um, it's pretty straightforward, but here's it's something interesting I found out yesterday that in April iPhones in Russia or users, iPhone users in Russia will see an additional step when they're setting up their iPhone, which essentially lists out a bunch of apps that are pre-approved by the Kremlin that users are strongly encouraged to install on their device. So I say strongly encouraged all, but they're doing all, but pre-installing these apps on Russian users phones. Okay. So I don't know the specific apps, but I do know that they are things like browsers, messaging platforms, and also antivirus services. So essentially, it's going to give you a list and say, hey, the big brother government wants you to download these apps, and we're going to make it easy for you to do it here on this screen. So I I imagine there being like an install all button or something like that. But it also says that it gives users the option to not install them and then proceed with with the setup. So... I guess first, let's get your first impressions here. I feel like there's some discontent, some dis- discerning looks on your face. <laughs> it's like uh, when you go to hit the do not install button, like a pop-up X pops up. Uh, please be aware that if you click this button, then location settings will be ter- permanently turned on. Hide <laughs> yeah. like your kids. Like a, a Vladimir Putin picture pops up. Are you sure? Oh, no, no. <laughs> In- install now. <laughs> or just the uh, the skip button just doesn't work. It's just like... Your phone just like restarts and then it asks you again, are you sure? No, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you Tic- sure you're sure? Is, is TikTok on the list? That's all I really care about. I did, like I said, I don't know what's on the list. I didn't look into it because I wouldn't know what any of them meant anyways. I don't speak or read Russian, but so, I mean, obviously, I mean, we, dude, we're, they, we're, wait, wait, one more thing. They could, I mean, they could just install them on the phone, right? Like, doesn't like Samsung already do that? They like install like Google. Yes. They, they, inst- Samsung and Google are two different entities completely, but Samsung yeah. automatically installs Google Chrome on your, on your phone. So yeah. They could, yeah, they could. That's one of the perks of Apple. Like, you don't get a bunch of bloatware on your device when you buy it. Like, you don't get the My Verizon app or the HP Print app or 
whatever other kind of bullshit apps that they put on your phone when you buy. I love Samsung, don't get me wrong, but they depending on who your carrier is, they're going to give you some kind of crap on your phone. If you're AT&T, you get different crap. If you're Verizon, you get different crap. Most of the time, you can get rid of it, so it's no big deal, but Apple doesn't typically do that. They kind of shelter you from, well, here we go. Let's say this. They shelter you from those third-party bloatware apps. They give you all of their apps. They're like, yeah. here's our, our browser. Here's our calendar. Here's, you know, whatever. Um, <clears throat> so it's a give-and-take situation. But um, so, yeah, I think they could. And actually, I'm glad you said that because other domestic companies, again, not naming specific companies here, have to stick to Russia's guidelines in terms of, pre-installing that kind of stuff on their devices um so it basically dictates you know with those domestic companies where they can store their data those companies have to give the government decryption access to certain agencies so (laughs) we're fortunate to live in the country that we live in in america where i mean depending on who you are you may or may not believe this we have a little bit more privacy than um Others may have, but then again, who knows what kind of privacy we actually have. Um, we've talked about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but um, you know, it's interesting because it seems like Apple, from what I'm reading, I think this was an, uh, a, an original report from Wired, but um, it seems like there's like a happy medium here between Apple and Russia. So exactly what you just said, why don't they just pre-install these apps? It seems like Russia wants them to do that um, and basically enacted this law in which these different companies have to do that. But Apple was like, hold up, bro, hold up. Like, hey, if you want our devices in your country, like, we're not going to do that. We're not going to pre-install apps as it goes against our, like, privacy and and whatever, um, uh, not laws, but uh, beliefs, I guess, whatever. Core values, uh, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, because Apple, that's kind of like one of the things they stand, you know, for is privacy and even sometimes where they don't give access to government agencies to help catch bad guys. But you know, that's kind of a weird line. You've got to, you've got to walk. Right. So this, you know, this, this list of apps that they're encouraging you to download is kind of Apple's happy medium to say like, Hey, we'll go this far. And Russia is willing to accept that. So they have to kind of come to this, this like happy medium because Apple you know, obviously they're probably selling a lot of devices in Russia, so they don't want to be kicked out of the company, the country, right? But also, Russian, the you know Russian uh, government probably doesn't want Apple gone at the same time, right? So it's kind of this weird middle ground, I suppose. But um, you know, Russia is not the only country to do something similar to this. The Chinese government also mandates that certain Chinese companies are actually mandates that Apple stores Chinese customers data domestically. So they have to store that data in China. Um, And they also have dictated that Apple remove specific apps from the app store. So the Chinese government can say, Hey, we don't like that app. You need to get rid of that out of the app store. So they don't have access to it in, in China, which is not surprising considering that a lot of people in China, I think also don't have access to things like Netflix or I think Google might even be restricted in some sense. So kind of crazy. So <laughs> I'm not sure what your thoughts are on this, but I'm just I, I'm just thankful today that we live in America as opposed to some of these other countries. Dude, yeah, I mean, we have democracy. Like, first off, like, that's fantastic. I don't want to get into that. But you know what I was just thinking? I was thinking Vladimir Putin, probably after you hit the 
don't accept, it'll probably like pop up and just be like, okay, well then there goes your daily ration of vodka. <laughs> it's like, yeah. No. Vodka. Vodka. <laughs> Blah. Blah. Um, so yeah, dude, I, uh, I think it's weird for the government to be getting involved in, um, consumer electronics, you know, um, collecting data, telling people what to install. Like why, why are they, you know, recommending this? Is it because lobbyists went into government and said, Hey, we'll give you millions of dollars if you, you know, tell the citizens of your nation to install our app on your phone. So that we can make a ton of money off of them having the app. I mean, that's that's probably what it is, right? It's all money, obviously, but or just control. Like they have access to those specific, like, like for a browser, for instance. If they let's just, I don't know, use Dolphin as an example. A Dolphin is a web browser. Sorry, Dolphin, if you guys hear this, I think you're probably a great browser. But let's just say that Russia has some kind of stake in that browser, and they have access to all that those files and, and data and things like that. They can probably track people using IP address and things. Um, yeah. Basically monitor and surveil everything you're doing, you know, which is kind of crazy. But um, yeah, I mean, these, these, these countries uh, like China, like Russia have so much control over the people and the companies that operate within them. Like, I think I was listening to one of uh, Rogan's episodes and um, they were talking about how ch- the Chinese government, um, for companies that operate within China, they have to have like, I think if you're a certain size or a certain type of company, you have to have like a state actor in your in your company that like reports back to the government, like what you are doing as in that business, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you, so you can't get away with like skirting around the government's policies. Like you have to um, bend to their, their rules or else this one guy is essentially a snitch that you're paying for. You're paying the snitch on the payroll to report everything you do to the, to the uh, Chinese government. Um, it's just insane. I'm so. just, dude, I'm happy that we have a democracy capitalism and we have the yeah. best military 25 times better than any other military in the world. Yeah. We have the Navy, we have the air force because I would never want to live in a communist nation. No, no, thank you. Yeah, man. I feel, I feel so bad for all the Russian uh, UFC fighters. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, think about the, the, the Chinese folks, all the riots that they had, and nothing's changing. And, you know, I just like having freedom. That's all there is to it, dude. You can go outside and chop down trees in your uh, plaid shirt as much as you want. That's what I'm saying. I play video games <laughs> afterwards. That's, you know. No one's watching you. Or at least you think that no one's watching you. I don't know if they want to see this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, I don't know, man. I um, I got nothing to hide. I don't really care if they watch me, but like, I'd rather them not. You know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's kind of how I feel. But when I, I don't know. I feel like this is taking a dark turn. I don't care people like surveilling me. Like, like you said, I have nothing to hide. Like, you can whatever dig into my stuff. You won't find anything. But um where it gets kind of shady is when it's like technology companies or government for that matter, influencing the way you feel on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? Like right. social media being able to show you exa- Well, exactly what I said. Like I click on these sorts of articles. So the next time I go searching for in- industry information or news, that's the kind of articles I get. Right. So, right, right. um, I get like a, a bunch other. of obituaries now, dude. I don't understand. I don't know why what? I'm getting obituaries. What? Yeah, like famous people or just like some other random people that I've never heard of 
it's usually like some famous person that I've never heard of and have no connection yeah. to. Like they pop up in my Google news feed all the time. I'm like, what? I don't want to read this. <laughs> you know, you probably clicked on one article. I probably did just like out of curiosity and like, it's like, Oh, some 23 year old died. And it's like, what? I don't want to, like, who is that? I don't want to, that person is. Yeah. I don't want to know about this. Yeah. I don't need, don't bring my day down, man. Listen, if you're not sending me articles about lumberjacks or <laughs> video games or beer, don't send me articles. How to chop down trees with an axe. Dude, you should have seen it, man. I, I took an axe to that tree, dude. It was like a perfect pie. You know how if like when you cut down a tree, you got to like take a full like sliver out, like yeah. a pie sliver, and then you hit the other side of it. It was like, it was like perfect. Perfect. Was it satisfying? I bet it was satisfying. I could do it for a living. Oh yeah. That's probably a good workout, man. For like one day I could do it for a living. <laughs> then you're like, I need some air conditioning. <laughs> yeah. It's too hot out here, man. Come on though. All right. Yes. Yeah. So well, I don't, that's I, enough dark news. That's enough dark news for the, for the, the show. Hopefully that's all we've got in here, but um, let's talk about something a little more uplifting. Yeah. All right. So uh, cherry, uh, if you guys have mechanical keyboards or know anything about keyboards and you know who cherry is cherry MX switches, they want to set a new standard in laptop laptop key switches, right? So they haven't really got into the laptop game yet. Um, they're coming out with Cherry MX Ultra Low Profile Switches for laptops. Pretty oh, cool. yeah. This yeah. is interesting. I'm excited. New patented design. So we got 3.5 millimeter tactile switches. Very, very small. Very, very slim compared to probably almost a centimeter of, of you know, what their normal switches are. Um, it's a 1.8 millimeter travel, which is like nothing. One yeah. point, think about it like a centimeter. It's literally 20% of a centimeter. Think about it like that. It is. Wow. There's like no travel involved. It's 70, per, 70% less deep than the desktop low profile switches. So 70% less deep. That's, a, that's insane. Yeah. It's like super, super low profile. Um, it's a, uh, 52, um, I don't know what the C stands for, but it's like a mini Newton, I guess, actuation force. So it's probably like 52 grams around there. Actuation force is probably what it translates to. Um, RGB ready construction, uh, cherry gold cross point technology. Um, I, I didn't get a chance to look into what the cherry gold cross point technology is. I think it's just their patented electronics. Um, <clears throat> I can say that the, and I'll get into this in a second, but they are like clear switches. So you'll be able to see, um, you know, the LEDs and all of the colors and, and whatnot that you want them to be. Um, so these are designed and made in Germany. Um, a little bit more about them. They scrapped the traditional housing and plunger components to instead use a two-piece keycap mount made of stainless steel, um, which is preloaded via a spring and is an element of the mechanics. Uh, this slows... <clears throat> for a very precise actuation mechanic and combined with a tweaked gold crosspoint contact system provides a tactile switching characteristic and also generates acoustic feedback in the form of an audible click. So think about the Cherry MX Blue Switch, but like much smaller form factor. Hmm. So it's only going to be traveling 1.8 uh, millimeters and along that travel path, it clicks, right? And it actually gets 
um, the force to push it actually increases by like 20 grams from start to finish. So it goes from like 50 to 70. Um, wow. it, it actually goes from 52 to 65. Um, yeah, so the key switching specs are the pre-travel of 0.8 millimeter, right? So that's um, <clears throat> before it clicks. Uh, the actuation is at one millimeter, which is crazy, and bottoms out at 1.8 millimeter. So basically, like at at 0.8, it like hits the click, and at at one, it ends the click, and it bottoms out at 1.8. So the cherry says a force of 45 um, grams is required for the actuation. So okay, so actually it goes from 45 um, to hit actuation, 52 for actuation. And then at the bottom of the tactile point, it takes you 65 grams. So I feel like I'm throwing a lot of numbers out there. They probably don't mean a lot to you guys, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's like easier to push it at the start, harder at the end, tactile in the middle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Tactile. I'm sorry. Numbers, tactile. Numbers. Yeah. Tricky. Yeah. T numbers, yeah, yeah. numbers, numbers, tactile. <laughs> <laughs> it's harder to press at the end than it is at the beginning. Yes. It clicks at I'm some point. And then it gets harder to press. I'm actually looking at a picture now. Um, we should link it. We, we'll, we'll drop a link in the uh, description of the of the video and uh, the podcast so you guys can see it. I think I, I think I have the right link here. Okay. Um, but for, I think based on what I'm looking at and based on what you're telling me, it makes a lot of sense because there's like a, there's actually a little spring in between these two like leaves that are pointing up. So when you're pushing down the keycap. And those plates are moving down. It's actually pulling the spring apart. Yeah. So you can imagine the more you pull the spring apart, the more tension there is. So the more you push down on that, those two leaves kind of push down, pull that spring apart. It's going to get harder to push, which is actually a good thing. Because when you were talking about this, the whole time I'm thinking like, how does this work? How do you like, I've ha I have a low profile mechanical keyboard, not this low profile, not even close. Yeah. Um, and it kind of loses some of that tactility in that low profile design, but like looking at these, this looks badass. number one. And I can't wait to try one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of thoughts about it. Like it's, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to like it because like, I kind of like the travel distance, you know, I like being able to press down a certain amount and then hit that click and then press down mm -hmm. some more and like really feel that travel distance to really feel it. So I don't know, man, I'm going I'm to, I'd love to try them out, but I'm interested to see, I don't know, maybe I'll like it, but I, I feel like I'd have a, I'd have trouble. Cause again, like I like having like the key, like I, I like there being bulkiness here so that like my fingers know where they're going. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, the, the, they're translucent thermoplastic parts. Um, so that's what you're seeing there, um, which allows for the LEDs to be directly under each key. So in the picture you're looking at, do you see LEDs at all? Do you see the little LED? Uh... Um, the picture I found is on Cherry's site, and it looks like, well, one picture makes it look like the parts are stainless steel. Um, so there may be a couple different materials inside of there, potentially, but... Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, 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 I do see it now. Uh, there is there is the plastic, and it looks like it's kind of surrounded by a, a stainless steel plate. Okay, okay. But that makes sense because if you look at, like, when I disassembled my mechanical keyboard, the actual LED lights are positioned, like, they're almost offset to the key. They're not directly under the key. They're actually, like, off to one side. Um, okay. Which you can't really tell, like, when the board's put together because the, the plastic is actually what captures that light and kind of dispenses it around the switch and so it looks like it's an even glow 
Yeah. If that makes sense. That's um, how mine is too. It's only on the one side. Yeah. It right. disperses so. all over. So, um, so they're rated for 15 million actuations with no loss in quality. So you'd have to sit there and press that key for a really long time <laughs> to get it to break. I wonder how they test that. They just got like somebody's, oh. some lab rat just uh, one, two, three, four. Uh, you know? <laughs> I was literally gonna like say something about that. There must be a machine. Like if you've ever been in like IKEA or something, and they have like the machine that's like pulling a drawer open and shutting it, and pulling it open and shutting it. And it's like we've tried this fifty billion times, you know. So I guess there's like a factory somewhere where there's literally like a robotic finger that's just like all day long. So good, the machine breaks before the keyboard. Yeah, we had to stop at 15 also, million because that's how far the machine could go. Yeah. <laughs> it's also known as the uh, wife torture chamber. You just put your wife in there. Oh, no. The, the, cla- the clicky, clacky, tackle switches. Yeah. Drive them insane. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. All right. So um, who's going to be doing these? Who's going to have these switches first? I'll tell you. Alienware will be the first laptops to have them. Um, so I got a little bit more to tell you about this, and then we can move on to UFC. Um, Alienware M15 R4 and M17 R4 series will be configurable with these keys and have implemented per-key RGB lighting, which is super cool. Um, Alien FX Sync 100% anti-ghosting plus end key rollover. Um, I didn't do my research, so I'm not sure what those last two are. Um, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure n key rollover is like it uh it's got something to do with like you push pushing multiple switches at once and how it handles that okay <laughs> that didn't help anything really but I'm pretty sure it's it got something to do with that you know next episode we'll get into I think that's what I'm gonna do for the next episode I'm gonna talk about what those things are that'll be my topics for next episode and I'll yep. and, and I'll you know reference back to this one so um, there's some more specs uh, for the Alienware laptops, including Intel 10th Gen processors, mobile graphics uh, up to an NVIDIA GeForce RTX 3080. 3080, oh my god. Pricing starts at 1800 and 1900 respectfully for... Resp- oh man, oh beer. Respect- <laughs> respectively. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Not respectfully. R-E-S-P-E-T-B respectively that's not the right word i spelled that wrong on purpose just so everyone knows okay <laughs> all right so eighteen hundred dollars for the m m15 r4 nineteen hundred for the m17 r4 respectively is, is what i was going for um so going for the cherry mx ultra low profile switches option will add another add some add another 150 dollars uh, to the price i'm not going to be buying one of these but no, 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 no. I, I wish you could just buy them like individually, right? Like I would order a set just to try them on my keyboard. Yeah, I would order a standalone low-profile Cherry MX board, and I'm sure they will come out with one. Um, yeah. I mean, it's almost a shoe-in that somebody <clears> – <throat> like who uses these, right? Who uses the Cherry Switches? Well, you're using them when you're Ducky. Your Ducky has them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I got the Cherry Blues. I don't. I don't think the Logitech do the Logitech boards use cherries. I think they might. I know the Razer boards use a proprietary switch. Well, I don't know. I have no idea. I know Razer. Yeah, Razer has their own optical switches that they made. Um, Yep. 
you know, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I bet Logitech does use cherry switches, but uh, I think a lot of those it. gaming, a lot of those gaming keyboards you can buy at like Best Buy have cherry switches in them. So I'm sure it's only a matter of time before they come out the low profile gaming keyboard. I can say from my experience using the low profile, low profile mechanical keyboard with those flat switch, flat keycaps like that, it's really easy to lose your finger position. So yeah, and also my other final thought on like a, this, a gaming laptop with this kind of key in there i would think this is kind of counterintuitive to a gaming laptop i mean again it goes back to kind of last week where we talked about it's, it's hard to step out of your own sort of like lifestyle and and like there's something out there for everyone but like i feel like a gaming laptop would be cool to like take to a starbucks or something or take to like a take somewhere right travel with it and somewhere you're trying to be discreet almost but like you're taking this to a coffee shop and you're like click 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 every time you're hitting your WASD keys, that's kind of obnoxious to whoever's around you. But also, yeah. who cares what people think? I see, I actually do see a good use case for me having something like this. Like I don't I don't I definitely don't want the low profile. I would actually if I had a gaming laptop, I'd probably still have a keyboard and a mouse separate, um, <clears throat> and probably even a monitor. But uh. If we buy the, if we do a, like a van thing, we want to buy a van and like deck it out for like travel. Yeah. Right. So like having something like this would be, that'd be dope. Pretty cool. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's it, man. Awesome. That's pretty exciting. I can't wait to try them. Yeah, man. Same here. Whenever they release, I'll be making my way to Best Buy to go touch some keyboards. Have the manager come over, <laughs> sir. You're up to one million clicks already. Can you please move along? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's good. So, well, before we move into UFC, it's about time we talk about it. I do want to give a reminder to go check out our What You Drinking video. Tonight, I reviewed the um, Pale Fire Brewing Loop and Lil Belgian Triple, which is quite tasty. I'm almost done with it already, but uh, very, very delicious. Yes, uh, that was very exciting. I was excited for mine as well. I reviewed the Magic Beans Coffee Porter by Smut Labs. Um, yeah, so pretty excited. Uh, did I just fling some? I hope that didn't go on my keyboard. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so our Watch You Drink and Beer reviews are exclusive to YouTube, so click the link in the description of this episode if you want to go check us out. Oh, let's, let's get into UFC. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think we might have one of the biggest cards of the year yet, to, yet announced, at least. Coming up this weekend, UFC 260, headlined by Francis and Stipe. Man, Whoa. I I'm so excited for this. I can't even like contain myself. Like I, I I'm almost at a loss of words already, and the fight hasn't even begun. Like I'm gonna be so hyped for this fight. Like this, I could definitely tell this is gonna be one of the ones where like adrenaline, heart beating. You know, as Stipe and Francis are walking out, this is gonna be awesome. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, you know, me during some fights where I'm just like, bro, I can't stop shaking right now. Like I'm, yeah. my energy's, I'm too excited. I'm too nervous. Like what's going to happen. I really yeah. want to, I honestly, dude, I, I love Stipe, man. I just want Stipe to win, but I love Francis too. So I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know. This is a tough one for you. This yeah. is your Ohio. He's your Ohio guy. Yeah, he is. He's my Ohio guy. I definitely want Stipe to win, but Francis is such a monster, dude. It's mm-hmm. so fun to watch him fight because he just clobbers people. Yeah, yeah. And I got to say, after listening to his interview with Joe Rogan, I like him like a hundredfold. 
um, like hearing his story and like how hard it actually was. I would recommend anyone go listen to that. It's like listen. It's like watching a movie in podcast form. Like I can't even believe that's a real story. Um, the like, I don't know. Getting if I out of what did you say? Was this recent? I don't know if I heard it. Yeah, yeah. It's like a month ago, I guess. He was oh. on Joe Rogan. Oh, dude, um, I need to go listen. You got to listen to it, man. Like it's, he talks about how he, you know, essentially fled Cameroon and uh, how he essentially made his way across Africa and eventually over to France and, and trained over there. But like it took him, I think he said two years to, to do that, to get out of Africa and into France and actually start training and like how hard that was for him, man. Like we have no idea again, how easy we have it. Um, you know, and, and some of these guys in the UFC have been tra- I don't know how long Stipe specifically has been training MMA and like what his background actually is. Maybe you might have some more insight into that, but yeah, wrestling and boxing. He's, yeah. He's been wrestling. He wrestled in high school and he was like a golden gloves boxer in, in after high school. Okay. Yeah. So he's been doing it for a while. Francis, I think was in his late twenties, I think before he ever even started boxing. Um, and within like four years he was in the UFC. So, you know, his experience, he's gotten that good in that short of amount of time. And it's just, the the power is just overwhelming. So I think, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of one of those very similar, I guess, to, we could equate it to the, um, uh, why am I losing his name right now? The Adesanya, the fight that has happened, Adesanya, the Adesanya fight uh, with Jan. Yeah. Jeez. Holy crap. Um, where there's elite power versus technical, um, prowess, I guess. So Stipe, I don't think has the same power <laughs> as Francis. I think it's a fair statement, right? Yeah. He's got power. He definitely has power, but I, don't I think, think anybody more... has as much power as Francis. <laughs> no, for sure. But I think there's a lot of more technical ability. Yeah. Wrestling, Stipe. more well-rounded wrestling, boxing. Mm-hmm. So, Francis just kind of like flails and as soon as he hits you, you're done. Yeah. Was it the Curtis blades fight that he came out and like literally looked like he was just like swinging his arms around like a madman. It's was like it every, blades? dude, it's like every fight. Oh no, it was the, it was the Jarzinho erosion strike fight. Oh yeah. Where it was yeah, like, yeah. it was like five seconds into the fight. Like it looked like he was just literally doing windmills or something. Windmills like. Right. <laughs> but just like, just you know clobbered him it was insane I just dude it's so crazy man he has so much power like it's insane yeah he, dude he can just shut your lights off like almost anybody in on in on the planet he could just shut your lights off no problem i'd be willing to say anybody <laughs> it is anyone yeah oh my gosh that's crazy except for maybe nate diaz like that guy just never gets knocked out <laughs> fair that would be hilarious to see <laughs> um, yeah, it would. but on a more depressing note for ufc 260 we had our co-main stripped from the card mm. this sucked to read about man it sucked a lot i hate this man this sucks yeah so our our man alexander volkanovsky uh tested versus positive brian ortega yeah tested positive for the vid yeah yeah so Volkanovsky tweeted on Saturday that he tested positive for COVID-19, adding that he tested negative before leaving Australia and before entering the UFC bubble, but that his latest test came up positive. Man, it's such a, like a, 
on off kind of thing with these tests. Like sometimes yep. you get false positive. I think sometimes you get false negatives, but I don't think you ever get like a false positive. You might get a false positive, but like, I'm not sure, man. It's, they're just very spotty. But yeah. I think if it says that it's positive, then you probably have it, right? Because that means you're testing positive. You you have the antibodies. I think that's what they're looking for. I don't really know enough about it. Yeah, I know. I, I remember reading just a little bit about it just because I had COVID and read a little bit about it when it, when it happened. But um, I don't know all the technical terms right now. But essentially, there's a threshold of which like you have to have a certain number of... Uh, I guess like microbes or whatever of the, of the virus show up on the test in order for it to be flagged as positive. And the threshold for COVID is set fairly low because they want to make sure that anybody that's got any trace of the virus is flagged as being positive to obviously quarantine and all that good stuff. Um, So I think you can test positive and have a very, very low impact of the virus. Like if you have a very low, I guess, uh, population of the virus in your system but anyways yeah i don't know that there's many false positives but yeah false negatives i think for sure and also the thing is the incubation period so i think it doesn't show up on a test for what is it like three to five days or five to seven days or something like that yeah um, right but you you're supposed to wait it. yeah you're supposed to wait a few days after you've been exposed to get the test or else it might not show up but Whatever the situation was, yeah, it kind of su- it sucks a lot for Volkanovski considering he f- traveled from Australia to Las Vegas. Oh, man. Um, I don't know where Brian Ortega lives. I'm assuming he lives in California. I think so. T-City. What's T-City? Um, I think, isn't his nickname the California Kid or something like that? No, his nickname's T-City. Oh. Who about Cal- the California? Faber. Yeah, yeah, Faber is the California Kid. Yeah, I thought Ortega Ortega lived in California, but I think he does. But whatever T City is, I don't know what T City is. I don't know. Tega. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> he lives Tiega. in America. I'm pretty sure he fights <laughs> out of America. He fights out of uh, good one. Pretty sure he's American. Anyways, <laughs> the Australian Volkanovski had to travel all the way from Australia to to Vegas just to find out that he had tested positive. Um, and, and there was a lot of conversation between the two guys, like on social media and, and Ortega was super, I mean, he seems like a pretty down to earth, pretty reasonable. Um, it's gotta you know, piss you off though, man. It, yeah. Deep down it's got to like, like, but I don't know, man, this, this virus is, you just never know. Like my kids, uh, cases class or school was essentially shut down next week because one of the teachers tested positive. So it was like. It just comes up, and you gotta you gotta get take it in stride, I guess. But I can't believe um, it's still like rampant like this, man. Like, geez. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Hopefully that, I mean, we've we've got some other news that I don't think we wrote down here, but we've got some UFC events coming up in what is it, April? Um, that are full blown, full scale, full capacity events happening in Florida for the Masad Al Usman fight in tampa so full arenas <laughs> <laughs> oh man like, we'll see how that goes but somebody's getting covid it's quite possible it's quite possible but but anyways i think uh volkanovsky and ortega both agree they want to run it back we're not run it back but they want to reschedule it and hopefully we get to see that because 
this, as we know, we we've talked about before, like who, who, who do we put, who do we put in front of Volkanovsky after he's done what he's done to, to Holloway two times now. And I think we were both excited to see what Ortega could, could do. It's gotta be Ortega. That's the only person I can think of, but Ortega's wins most of, he wins his fights. I mean, he has a couple knockouts, but he wins most of his fights by submission. I don't think he's going to be able to do that to Volkanovsky, but maybe. Yeah. it will be interesting for sure. Um, so, I mean, I guess some other sort of surprising news is that Michael Chandler versus Charles Oliveira what in the, the wake hell? of, what in the, the wake hell? of oh probably God. some of the biggest news <laughs> of the year so far, yeah. Khabib's official retirement is official. Dana White has said that Khabib is not coming back. Um, so that leaves the, the title vacant for the lightweight division and now Oliveira and Chandler are up for up for the belt. What's your thoughts? I think that they probably should have done this a long time. Well, hold on. Let me first off start with the could be part. Like they should have just marked him as retired a long time ago. Um, Cause I mean, he made it very clear that he was done and it's like, that guy doesn't lie. He's done. Um, so that they took too long for that, but the whole Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler thing, oh my God! Chandler's got one fight in the UFC, and it's against Dan Hooker. I mean, right. no disrespect to Dan Hooker, but he's, you know, he was like number five, and so Chandler just comes in, and now he's gonna fight Oliveira. Neither Chandler or Oliveira has fought like Gaethje. They haven't fought Dustin. Um, Dude, I, I'm. It's just crazy to me that they're passing up Dustin, and Justin. <laughs> the uh, they're passing up the Ustins, the, the damn Ustins, <laughs> Ustin squared. To dude, the the belt should be the Ustins. Like I'm just it. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me, man. Yeah, I think the only thing that helps paint the picture a little bit for me is that I saw that Dustin came out and said that he's not interested in the title fight right now he wants the trilogy with mcgregor which i guess from a money monetary perspective maybe i can see some some justification there no pun intended um but (laughs) oh the dope jokes keep coming um but at the same time like you get a bigger paycheck once you get the belt right theoretically but probably maybe i mean maybe not, not as, as big, big as, as connor get from not dude i know if connor. i was dustin i would negotiate the hell out of that contract like bro you paid connor three point something million for the last fight i starched him yeah. in the second round you paid me 800 grand um you best be giving me like some two million just to show if you're gonna pay connor that kind of money like i don't know i, I can't believe people are still like connor has only won like one fight out of like the past like what three years he's only won like one fight yeah i feel like he's got to win his next one or else he's gonna some of that stardom's gonna start to fade away he's gonna start to step out of that limelight a little bit he lost to a guy that he beat before yeah he's filthy rich so he has nothing to worry about um but but if he wants to maintain that limelight i think he's gonna have to do something quick dude he's supposed to be like the best striker you know Mm mm-hmm with counter punches and all that stuff. Like, like I told you before the fight, like he doesn't have his foot movement anymore. He doesn't move as fluidly. It looks heavy. It looks slower. And, um, 
Justin just came out and did worked his game and kicked those legs and that was it. That's all it took. That was it. That was it. Yeah. So I, I think the last kind of thing here before we transition or unless you've got anything else to chat about UFC related is that we can't forget about the, the other Austin, Justin Gaethje. He actually sent out a tweet saying that he was shocked. He was training, and he I think he said something about, like, I woke up this morning expecting, you know, tra- training for a, a fight with Michael Chandler, and turns out that this is the fight that, you know, got booked as Oliveira versus Chandler. So he was shocked, as all of us are, to learn that he was not getting the fight. I think you and I talked about this before in regards to Michael Chandler. It's like, dude, as stacked as the lightweight division is, like, why is Michael Chandler getting a shot at the belt after one victory? I mean, again, granted, it was a pretty dominant performance. Um, he's got clout from Bellator, for sure. But, I mean, when you've got guys like Justin Gates, so I saw somebody put on Instagram, like, you guys are all shitting on Michael Chandler when he and Oliveira are the only ones in the top five that are coming off of a win versus a loss, um, besides Dustin. I'm like, that's fair, fair enough to say, but, like, Gaethje's only lost in, like, his last, like, what, four or five fights is Khabib. Yeah. And he completely crushed Tony Ferguson. Like, I don't think that you can say just because he's coming off of a loss means he shouldn't get a shot at Michael Chandler or that Chandler shouldn't have to go through another guy before getting a shot at the title. This is, this Um, is what I think the strategy is, right? I think their strategy is this, give it to these two pass up the two guys that couldn't beat Khabib, right? Cause their goal is to get Khabib to come back. Their ultimate yeah. goal is to get Khabib to come back. So what they want to do is they want to get a guy in there like a Chandler. So let's say Chandler beats Oliveira or vice versa. Oliveira has been on a tear. And Oliveira is good on the ground as well. And Chandler is too. So get one of those two guys in there. Um, and if they're dominant and they can, and then they put up Justin and Dustin against them and they retain the belt, then their play is, hey, Khabib, look we have a contender for you. Don't you want to yeah. come back and see if you're really the best? Right. Right. No, I like that. I mean, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I don't know if Khabib's ever going to take the bait. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I feel like they, the, the UFC could get a lot of hype out of doing something like a, a almost like a tournament style. Do you know what I'm saying? Like pride instead of just, yeah, instead of just like throwing up a, uh, you know, as soon as Khabib's, retirement is official they're like okay here's the new this is the title fight Oliveira versus chandler this is the title fight um like why not say Oliveira chandler and then justin dustin and then the winner of those two goes on to the title fight right or something like that you know what i'm saying yeah yeah it should have been chandler versus um justin and and Oliveira versus dustin i feel like and then yeah you know, whoever wins goes on, and whoever wins that next fight—that that's how they should have the done belt. it. But that's how you, can build but, you know. So much, there's so much marketing you can do around that. There's so much. I mean, it would take a while. It would be like a, I think I guess that's probably what they don't want to do. They don't want to have a vacant belt for six months. But right. Um. Yeah. But and they totally the should have. Now Khabib's still on there. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyways. I'm sure he'll be on there until somebody actually wins. And then they'll yeah. take him off. Yeah, maybe so. All right, man. UFC got a lot of crazy stuff happening in that world. Yeah, can't yep. wait for next or can't wait for this coming weekend. It's gonna be fun. Likewise, sir.
All right, man, let's talk about some video games and close this bad boy out. Let's do that. Guys, let us know your thoughts about UFC 260. What are your predictions? Let's talk about gaming. We got a short little segment here. Just one quick little article. Um, you ever heard of a game called Terraria? I have not. Never heard of it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Never heard of it. So Apparently, uh, I probably should have. Let me give you a little background. It's a uh, action-adventure sandbox game developed by ReLogic. The game was first released for Microsoft Windows on May 16th, 2011. So a long time ago. And has since been uh, ported to several other platforms. The game features exploration, crafting, building, painting, and combat with a variety of creatures in a procedurally generated 2D world. I actually do think it's um, had a multiplayer patch now. They've just released a bunch of, like, you buy the base game, and they've just been doing tons of free updates, tons of free content, just adding so much to this game, including the multiplayer. You can play it on mobile. You can play it on console, play it on PC. It's a 2D, like, side-scroller kind of deal, but you're, like, moving around and, like, crafting and building, like, you know, buildings underground and stuff like that. Um, you know, I bought it. Uh, it wasn't really my kind of game, but that's not why I'm, that's not why I'm here. Why I'm here is to tell you that, um, they have sold 35 million copies across all platforms. Um, that's 17.2 million copies on PC, 9.3 million on mobile and 8.5 million on console. And also, this is this is really what I think is the most important bit of news, is that uh, they recently took the number one position on Steam 250's ranking of games by user review, knocking Portal 2 from the top spot. So, wow. never heard of it, but it is, you know, per Steam's 250 list, it is number one um, by user review. Wow, I'm looking at pictures of it, like... Super retro. Yeah, super um, retro. Sounds interesting. Like, how do you have a, uh, like, I guess, like, you're not talking about, I mean, you're talking about crafting and building mm-hmm. yep. in a 2D side-scroller landscape. Like, that's such an interesting concept. Right, right. Yeah. The gameplay, I guess, is, like, a lot of fun, too. The controls and um, just, like, moving around, the creatures that you're fighting, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. not, not my kind of game, you know, but I guess if you were like an old NES player or something, or if you're younger and yeah. you know, this might've been like one of the first games you played, then I can see, you know, why it would be so much fun for you. But, uh, yeah, it's like, it's these little games like this, these like little retro games with like shitty graphics that always seem to do like really, really well, you know? Like Valheim came out and like, it doesn't have the best graphics and people just love it. And like, like RuneScape, like people love that. Minecraft, like Roblox, like all of these games that, like they're not like graphically intense yet. Everybody loves them because of the gameplay. So right. it's, that's what these AAA ca- ca- um, companies don't understand is they put so much time and effort into making it look beautiful, but they lose their soul mm-hmm. because the game just sucks ass. <laughs> Yeah, it's true, man. Like, you know, I, again, I go back to when when you first got me playing Rust. You're like, let's change all these graphic settings to make the game look like trash. Yeah. But you'll do better. 
<laughs> you can see people from way farther away. It's true. And I'm like, it is true. So, you know, it's not always about the visuals. And the game doesn't lose much of its, like, luster when you do all that. When you adjust those settings, you know, you're still doing all the same things. The mechanics are still there. Yep. You just don't see every blade of grass. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, yeah, and looking at Valheim, it's kind of kind of similar. So it's it's interesting like that that balance that even today in 2021, you know, whereas graphics seem to be like the most impressive thing back in the day, it's like all about who has the best graphics, which console has the best graphics, which developer can do the best graphics. Now it's about finding that niche sort of gameplay in combination of um, mechanics, I guess, to make something interesting and fun to play. Yep, that's what it's all about. Mechanics and gameplay, man. Yeah. That's that's yeah. where you find your success. RimWorld was another one I forgot to mention. You ever heard of that one? That one RimWorld? I've spent many hours on that one. That's a sim that's a simulation game, colony simulation that um that game has done phenomenally well as, you know. So Oh yeah, I'm looking at that right now. That's 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 like top down. Mhm. And I remember the old, this takes me back to like the old GTA days, like GTA 3 when I was like all top down. Yeah, yeah. That RimWorld game, man. I love that game. Um, it's a single player, you know, if you ever just want to relax and not have to worry too much about other people stealing your shit or dying a bunch, you can go play that game. Nice. You can make it, it's, you can make it really, really hard or you can make it super easy. Anyway. Actually, GTA 2. I was wrong. Not GTA 3. GTA yeah, yeah, 3 GTA. Was the first time. Right. That was. Um, so it switched. Gosh, what was the name of that island? GTA 3. I don't even remember. Uh, GTA 3 was just called GTA 3. I think it was in New York City, maybe. Yeah, it was like a. It was like a Bronx kind of like knockoff or something. Man, that was a game changer when it, it when was it switched. Mafia. I just remember oh always gosh. having to like drive back to that like garage to yeah. get my car fixed do the missions yeah. at the garage anyway hasn't changed much good since times then. no it i hasn't. gotta say man while we're in the gaming section though i, I want to say I, I think i said last week that we we allowed kai to uh we kind of for his fifth birthday like you know made it official that he can play xbox now right like we we let him sit down and like i think yesterday he sat down while case napped so case is my younger one um he napped for a couple hours and kai played xbox for like two hours straight which was like <laughs> am i a good parent or no <laughs> what did he but, play what did he play so we bought him for his birthday lego world cool which i'm not sure if you've seen that played or not but i'm actually like it's actually pretty fun man like it's open quote unquote open world there are different worlds you can travel to which have different themes or whatever and then you can modify everything from like top to bottom like you can completely erase the entire you can flatten the land and start from a blank slate um I think there's an online component to it, but we haven't gotten into that. I don't really want to expose him to like online anything at this point, but, uh, no, it's a yeah. bad idea. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. So the first, you know, single player, um, like adventure mode, you go to these different worlds and you have to collect, you have to help people around to get like these gold bricks and fix your spaceship to travel to different lands or whatever. But he's, he's finally, he's getting the hang of like using the two sticks and like moving around and using the camera at the same time to look around and jumping and climbing. And he, you know, he knows how to switch to his different tools to like build up the landscape or take away things. And, um, it's actually really fun, man. Like the graphics are pretty good. It's an Xbox one game. Xbox, I'm playing on the Xbox one S and, um, 
yeah, man, I'm, I'm actually like having fun watching him figure out how to like what I came in there one day and he was like, I don't know why. I don't know sure what made him want to do this, but like there's one world he was in has a bunch of water. Like it's like, you know, this kind of like lakes, I guess he was like, just, he was filling the entire lake with like concrete blocks. So like he took away all the water in the entire map. And it's so like all the fish were like floating on top of this concrete thing. And I was, and he was just doing it all by himself. Like he was moving the whole thing around and filling up the whole, like getting rid of all the water and just exploring. Um, I bet just, that's yeah. like a good learning tool. It was per, it's a perfect game, dude. Like literally for anyone that's got a young kid like that, just to figure out the mechanics of how to use a game controller, like moving and looking at the same time. Like yeah. I don't have to tell him how to do it now. Like I was like, Hey, get your landscape tool out. So he holds down the Y button. He moves the joystick to the right spot. Let's go of it. Hits a or whatever. He knows how to like spawn in different animals into the world. And like, it's super cool to watch, man. So there's a lot of value in video gaming for, for a lot of different things that I feel like older generations or people that aren't as hip to gaming don't understand they think it's all yeah. about entertainment and wasting your time when there's so much more to it than that yeah it's creativity man it's expression like he can build whatever he wants like he, he's still figuring out but yesterday we built like a, we, we were like let's see how tall we can build a tower like we just built like this single column tower that like went into space essentially and yeah. he thought it was like the coolest thing ever just to climb up that tower jump off of it and float down back to the world and then we built like a tree house and like all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, so it's all, video gaming, like a lot of it's all about problem solving too. Like if you're playing video games, like they're always like every video game has its own different types of puzzles that you have to just figure out, you know, and you have to yeah. solve the problem. You have to beat the game. Beating yeah. the game means you solve the problem. So yeah. Or, or you rage quit and you or smash you, your controller. I've had my share. <laughs> that just that just means you're a human exactly i'll never forget i'll remember this to the day i die metal gear solid i don't know which one it was it was on the ps1 i've never played a metal gear solid game since this incident where oh, no. there's a specific level i don't remember what the level i, I don't remember I know. which game it know. was which level it was but it was a it was snowy i'm on like a rooftop i have a pistol and like i could not figure out how to beat this level sniper wolf huh it was you were fighting sniper wolf in the snow yeah maybe yeah i was like i couldn't figure out where to go what to do who to kill how to live like whatever and i just gave up i was like fuck this i'm done and uh just never played a metal gear solid game after that yeah you you were playing (laughs) you were playing the best one man metal gear solid 2 i bet you i bet you were fighting sniper wolf and i don't remember how to beat her right now but i remember that fight I'm, I'm googling it. Metal Gear Solid Two. You had to tr- you had to you had to trick her some way. There was something you had to do to trick her, and then there was another part of it after you beat Sniper Wolf, where you like went into this. You went into this like little shaft, and there was like a certain way that you had to like walk on the floor tiles, or you would just die every time. Yeah, yeah. It's. Nah. That, I bet if you went back and played it now, you would beat it. Because I found like games that I couldn't beat when I was younger. I've gone back and played and beat them, and was like, yeah. "Why couldn't I beat that before?" And it was just because I was dumb. I was just young and dumb. <laughs> Did now have I'm life smarter for some out. reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you notice yeah, you notice more stuff too. Now, like I've gone back to games and been like, 
definitely wouldn't have picked up on that as a kid. Okay, yeah. I know I know what they're actually talking about now. Now this makes sense. Yeah, I remember another one was Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Did you ever play Kingdom Hearts? Nah, never played it. I think that was a PlayStation exclusive maybe, but um, yeah, I remember Kingdom Hearts. I remember I couldn't figure out how to beat a specific level, and I eventually just gave up. Stopped playing that game too, but that was a that was a cool game. Yeah. Um, I miss yeah. playing Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank was my shit, dude. Oh, I played that on the PSP. Yeah. Portable PlayStation, dude. That was revolutionary. Dude, that I used to my, love that. It game. changed everything. It was so much fun. Just like upgrading yeah. your guns, getting better guns, and finally get to end game, and you're just blowing everything up, dude. Yep. That was a great game. That was definitely a good game. Yep. All right, man. Well, I think that about wraps up our show. We're almost at our hour mark. So as always, guys, we appreciate you tuning in to another episode and ask that you please like and subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify, and come say hi on Instagram or Twitter. That's right. And of course, if you really want to help us grow the show, please share this episode with a friend who you think will like it for now. Uh, we will see you in the next episode. See you guys. Peace.